it's called This One Is About You. So mm -hmm. all of the songs are true stories to me, which I knew that I wanted to do once I started picking songs for the EP, but I was a little nervous about who would think which songs are about them. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. want anybody reaching out from the past? Yeah. Like, come on, Aspen. Why is that about me? Like, stop talking about me. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, closure. I also wrote it really quickly, like how gold happened. And I was at like our local Aldi in Canton, Georgia, with my parents, and then turned the corner and saw not even like a full X, you know, like a little situation ship, like not really <laughs> dated, but like uh -huh. a guy that really wrecked my whole life. Uh -huh. um, I turned the corner and saw his mom and I just felt my body like get hot. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to get out of here. Like, I'm sorry, we're getting our groceries somewhere else. I have to mom at the grocery store, but I just turned away. were the sounds of music from Aspen Ananda, upcoming pop indie artist, and uh, had such a good time talking to Aspen. I think you'll find that she's bubbly, extremely likable, easy to chat with, and it really comes through both in video and audio, and uh, I think you're really going to like her music. It's really incredible, and there's a lot of soul to it and a lot of realistic life situations from Aspen's music. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview that I did with Aspen as we cover a lot of topics related to the music business and life. And so ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the conversation with Aspen Ananda. All right, we're here with Aspen Ananda, recording artist. Aspen, it's wonderful to have you on. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited too. And um, I was sent your music and I was checking it out. I was like, this is really good. Mm. Like, this is like, <clears throat> I'm into this. <laughs> you know? Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've had a ton of musical guests and they're all really amazing people. And, uh, you know, music is very subjective. Yes. And uh, it was a pop indie. And I was like, I really like this genre. So I got to listen to this. And I'm like, this is like good. Like I'm going to be listening to this. This is so bravo. Ah, thank you. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think it, it can be tricky, especially this is such a tangent. I'm not sure why I'm starting this, but like um, singing competition shows, I feel like everyone is so good and it's just down to like taste of music. Yeah. So that can be so tricky. People's just taste deciding if you're good or not. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was watching American Idol this year. <laughs> I did watch the whole season. And I was like, anybody could have won that in the last right. part, you know. But you're right. I think it was taste and music and the talent's off the chart now. So mm -hmm. how do you how do you stand out in what you're doing, you know? Oh, that's a great question. I think I struggled a lot trying to figure out, like, how I wanted my music produced and what route I wanted to go production-wise and... I think what I'm slowly starting to realize is just trusting myself and that the music that I listen to doesn't necessarily have to transfer into the kind of music that I make. Um, I think writing your own music is a great way to find like individuality and stand out at least a little bit because no one's going to say something the way that you say it. Yeah. So, yeah. 
how do you, what's your process for writing music? I think it looks so different every single time. So I used to have to sit down with my guitar, start mm -hmm. with some chords and then kind of just start at the beginning of the song and work my way through. I think I've gotten more flexible as I've done it more often. Um, so a lot of the time it's just like singing to myself in the car and voice memoing that. Um, I've gotten better with like coming up with ideas beforehand and then being able to execute them in a way that I like. So maybe like a hook or a title or just something that I've been through and knowing that I want to put that into a type of song. Um, but still, I think just classic sitting down with my guitar and starting with some chords and figuring yeah. out kind of what comes out of my mouth is a great tactic for me. Yeah. You know, I was thinking like, I'm going to ask this, like, what's the best song you wrote and what's like the worst one that you wrote? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, it's so I started writing music when I was like eight or nine yeah. years old. Um, so all of those just collectively are terrible. <laughs> I should not see the light of day. No. But I think um, <laughs> there's one song for me. I'm going to start with the bad ones because that just um, stands out to me. I don't, I think a lot of musicians have this issue where they start releasing music like really early in their career and people that have been following them since that moment still love like the first songs even more than like the newer and relatively better ones. So I have a couple of songs that I released in like the seventh grade. So I was like 12 wow. years old. All of my parents' friends, like every time I have a show and they come, they're like, can you play Trust Me or can you play Butterflies? And I'm like, please. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I, no. Like they're terrible. But I guess it's it's also sweet that people care about those beginning songs. I don't know how to feel about it. Very, very conflicted in my brain. I think as of right now, the best song that I think I've written has been Gold, which I released in January of this year. Um, and I think it happened very quickly. And it was such an interesting concept. And then seeing how other people have like interpreted it and I don't know, connected with it, even though it was like a very specific idea to me, that's been really exciting. Well, talk about the song, like from your point of view, what you think it's you know, your concept behind it and what other people have thought about it. Yeah, so I love telling the story because I feel like it's easier for people to pick up on the song and like understand the story more once it's being told to them before hearing it. So I love journaling. Like I've always been really obsessed with writing down all of my feelings and everything that's like happened to me throughout days. Um, and I've done that since early high school. And then I went to school at UGA, the University of Georgia. And in between semesters, like every summer, I would just move home. And there was a summer, I think of 2019, that I got home and I was reading through all of my like high school notebooks just to kind of see where I've been to now understand all the growth and understand how much I've changed. I think that's really beautiful. And I am really picky about the type of pen that I use. Like it's mm. a really specific one, black ink. Like I just think it looks nice on any paper. So I'm really picky about that. And I found a couple pages that were in there right after meeting somebody and everything that I wrote about them was in gold. And I always had mm. these like other colored pens that I never used, but kind of stumbling across that and reading about like how we met and everything that had happened. And it just seemed so different. I feel like the song kind of wrote itself after that. So it's partially about me loving journaling and loving like writing down all of my feelings, but then also about somebody that comes in and changes your whole perspective. And yeah, everything that I write about you is in gold. And I mm. think people relate to it in different ways. Like some people relate to the like writing notes aspect of like writing letters to loved ones and that kind of thing. And other people relate it in like, um, yeah, just that person in your life that's so different and just lights everything up when they're around. So yeah, yeah that's the premise. I think it, it the execution went a lot better than I was expecting when I was in the middle of writing it. I think that's what I got from it. The like people in your life aspect mm. of it. It was really good. The first song I listened to, I think was Closure. And uh, yeah, I that was like, that's when I first heard your music. I was like, this is good. <laughs> like this is good 
I like this in the hook and everything. I was like, I'm going to talk to her about this song. Yeah. And, uh, so tell me about closure. I like, think oh it's really good. Thank you. Yeah, it definitely was the most like pop production. Yeah. And I knew that while I was writing it, I don't like to play it live very often when it's just me and an acoustic guitar because I don't think it captures the song necessarily. Like the production just really sold me on it. And I knew as soon as we went into the studio that it would be that way. Um, it's been interesting. I released like my whole project of six songs and it's called This One Is About You. So mm -hmm. all of the songs are true stories to me, which I knew that I wanted to do once I started picking songs for the EP, but I was a little nervous about who would think which songs are about them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. want anybody reaching out from the past? Yeah. Like, come on, Aspen, why is that about <laughs> me? Like, stop talking about me. No, exactly. exactly. Um, but yeah, closure. I also wrote it really quickly, like how gold happened. And I was at like our local Aldi in Canton, Georgia with my parents and then turned the corner and saw not even like a full X, you know, like a little situation ship, like not really <laughs> dated, but like uh -huh. a guy that really wrecked my whole life. Uh -huh. um, I turned the corner and saw his mom and I just felt my body like get hot I was like I have to get out of here like I'm sorry we're getting our groceries somewhere else I have to run out of here um and immediately went home and wrote that song and it had been months since the relationship had ended and I thought that I was fully over it so yeah the song just being like the first verse is running into your mom at the grocery store and then the second verse he has a younger sister that I'm relatively friends with and she came out to a couple shows even after everything had happened and it's like nice but like please don't ask me how i've been and i don't want to yeah. hear about him because it's all too much so yeah never really getting closure on a situation and knowing that you won't and just trying to find some peace with that i guess yeah i love that song well, i think it's a it's a theme of something that a lot of people have gone through mm. in their lives you know i mean every most people have dated someone or didn't work out and, you know, finding closure. And that is somewhat of a universal theme, I think. Definitely. So, Definitely. and I think, you know, I thought about that and then I, I just like production and music and a lot. And I was like, oh, this is just like poppy. And I like this, you know, it's just, uh, honestly, when I was listening to it, I was like, this is like even better than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> like, seriously. I was Thank like, you. this is, uh, cause I, I really like that type of music. And I grew up in the eighties and uh and i've always liked pop music that was a little different not just like straight up pop not my thing so much but like kind of the indie vibe to it i was Definitely. like there's there's something to this like <laughs> i would totally get this and i wouldn't say that about a lot of things i would right. not yeah so uh that's amazing but how did being an artist during the pandemic affect you like yeah you know i i think a lot of artists focus a lot on like recording and releasing music mm -hmm. and that's like their whole artistry and touring and I started at such a young age like started playing guitar when I was nine and then basically immediately started performing after that um and around like 14 years old is when I started doing the paid three to four hour restaurant gig at like mm -hmm. restaurants and wineries and breweries so I did that basically every single weekend all through high school and all through college and the pandemic happening i was like this is where all of my income comes from is yeah. like playing music yeah. every single weekend i think my parents were really really supportive and just being able to move home for a few months and just have them support me was really beautiful and i'm grateful for that but i was also surprised by how many restaurants brought their musicians back relatively quickly i mean especially living in Georgia, you know, we've yeah. been a little lenient <laughs> about mm -hmm. everybody's safety, <laughs> which I have opinions about. Sure. But um, yeah, when restaurants started opening in like May, especially if they had outdoor patios and things, the music started back pretty quickly. So I feel like I was only out of work for like the work aspect of the restaurant gig for maybe March and April. Yeah. Which gave me some time to process what was happening in the world without having to distract myself which was beautiful, but it has been interesting not being able to play like the showcases 
and yeah. I don't know original music is so important to me and the restaurant people don't super care about your original <laughs> music no. a couple of them maybe but not like a listening yeah. room so the lack of that has been a little painful but I'm glad that it's starting to come back slowly yeah it's it's interesting like the point you're at in your career and I know a ton of artists actually my brother is a a touring artist all over the world, musician. And I remember when he was really young in his career and those types of things. And how do you see yourself as an artist right now? And where do you want to be as mm. an artist as you know, as you continue to grow in it? Yeah, right now, I see myself as a performer. I mm. think that's always been the part of it that I've gravitated to the most. And I feel like that makes it seem like I have this big, like extravagant show whenever I play and it's not the case at all. There's something just really beautiful about being on stage and, oh my gosh, this sounds terrible. People looking at you. I love like healthy attention. <laughs> well, healthy attention versus healthy what type attention. of attention? <laughs> um, versus doing terrible things and then getting attention for oh, it, I okay. guess, being an okay. angsty teen maybe. I don't know. I did musical theater a lot when I was in like, elementary school mm -hmm. so I always knew that I really liked performing like being on a stage being able to entertain people um so yeah I think I see myself as a performer and I think people always think I sound better live than on recordings really? which is like a it's a pro but I also wish that I could capture the magic that happens live in mm. a recording I haven't figured that out yet but that's I get that comment all the time that it's so much better live I don't huh. know if it's just like how intimate it feels. Like I feel so comfortable and like the energy of, I don't know, me doing exactly what I love because the recording process is fine and I think yeah. it's super fun, but it's not the magic of like seeing other people experience it as you're telling it to them. So cool. I think for the future, I'm kind of taking it day by day. I used to be really obsessed with like expediting my career. I thought mm -hmm. that everything needed to happen very quickly in one specific order, especially performing out so much at like very early high school. I thought that I was going to record this music. It was going to go on this Spotify playlist. I was going to sign to this label and then mm -hmm. go on tour with these artists. And that was all going to happen before I graduated college. I wouldn't even have to graduate. <laughs> and now I'm a few weeks after graduating college, just hanging out. Um, and I've kind of learned how to slow down I like playing the restaurant gig thing. I like being around my family. I love having the time to travel without being tied to too many things. And I think if anything had happened earlier, I wouldn't have had a strong enough sense of self to be able to handle it, you know? Yeah. Like, while I was so obsessed with growth, I think anybody could have pushed me in whatever direction and I mm. would have followed thinking that they knew best. So yeah. getting through college and finally understanding who I am and the things that I want and closer to the music that I want to make has helped so much. I mean, I'd love to do it for the rest of my life in whatever that looks like, you know, yeah. but I don't feel too tied to that picture in any sort of time frame. Yeah. Which is so much better than I was. Well, you know, one sounding better in person or I think is a huge compliment yeah huge compliment i don't think you want to sound like your greatest on wax and then people see you in person are like mm, not that good you, right. know, you like, definitely don't want to sound worse you're but. like ooh, <laughs> i don't know like uh yeah i was like artists the best when they sound amazing live mm -hmm. and you're like okay i got the studio magic aspect of it and the production you know what it kind of makes the sound bigger but when you hear somebody in person and they sound amazing, you're like this person's so talented. It's incredible to hear that. So that's a huge compliment, I think. Huge yeah. compliment. Now, I was, well, I was thinking, I was thinking about like, I'm curious about kind of that phrase of making it. Mm. And what does that mean to you? It has meant so many different things. I feel like every single year it changes so much because there's a strong part of me that still wants so much growth so that I'm not 35. I mean, I'm only 21 right now. I don't want to be 35 and still playing the restaurant gig when I feel mm -hmm. like it's impossible for me to get further. Like I mm -hmm. 
I love accomplishing things. Like, I feel like that's a part of my identity. So there's a part of that, but also, ah, making it. I want to feel like I'm doing something good. I want to feel like I'm reaching people in a way that's beneficial for both them and me, like make a living playing music. I would love to play like the tabernacle size shows, like the smaller but big enough venues that pack out. I mean, I think stadiums would be so intimidating to me and Mm -hmm. not being able to see people's faces sounds horrific. (laughs) So I don't love that. But yeah, just being able to steadily make music and feel safe in my income and feel like I have the time and space to create music that people resonate with would feel like making it Mm. to me, feeling safe and secure in it. That's pretty good. I think it's interesting because everybody I think has a different definition of that. And, but I feel like a lot of people, it's kind of the fame aspect Mm. of it and being large and being noticed. And it sounds like you have a very grounded approach to it. I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to have that approach every once in a while. It's nice. Like I went to, oh, it was so crazy. I went to a music festival, maybe music midtown when I was like very early college, maybe like three years ago. Um, and I was watching Oh Wonder when I was by myself before meeting up with friends at a different artist. And someone came up and said like, are you Aspen Ananda? Mm-hmm. And like had heard my music and I can't lie that felt <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I was like, me, a celebrity? That's a drug, um, you know? Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. It's that fame drug, man. And people are like, oh, you know who I am. Don't you know who I am? Right. <laughs> yeah. Andy Grammer has this great song called Spotlight where he talks about like, am I even anybody if I don't shine in the spotlight? And I'm like, mm. that's such a great, yeah. Like, I feel that so intensely. Wow. I mean, that's interesting. I, I think there's a whole psychology behind that. And, you know, I think as humans, we want to sometimes be, we want to be adored and fawned mm. over. We want attention, we want people to validate our place in the world. Yes. And, you know? It's so hard to like know how to validate that yourself. I think everyone struggles with it so differently. Like it's not just a musician things. Like musicians can manifest it in wanting to be on a stage and wanting to be famous and recognized and known. But it's like, that's such a universal feeling of needing validation from your parents or your friends, needing validation from a loved one. Like needing to feel like you're on the right path and not Mm -hmm. just for the sake of your happiness, but being told that it's also correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So what have you liked the most and the least about the music business? Ooh. Um, I, the thing that I like the most about the music business as it stands right now is that I can basically do whatever I want mm. by myself if I need to. I'm definitely a bit of a control freak. Like I didn't play in any bands in high school and still the idea of having my band makes me so nervous. Like I wish I could just Mm -hmm. play all the instruments by myself. I wish that I could do all of the production by myself. Like releasing control is very scary to me, but at the same time, I can have my best friends do those things and Mm -hmm. they're fantastic at it. And there's so much control now as an artist, you can make the music that you want without a label telling you to, and you can back it on a Kickstarter and fund your entire project. Yeah. You can record in your best friend's house if they want to call it a studio (laughs) and it'll still be beautiful. That's right. So that has to be my favorite part now. There's just so much more opportunity than there was ever before. Maybe my least favorite part is that females are still so undervalued. Mm. Like my entire band is guys. My producer is a guy. Um, basically everybody that I work with in the industry is male. Hmm. So I feel like there's a lack of representation and I'm not entirely sure where it comes from. I think it's a balance of like small girls, not even knowing that it's an option. And then also having negative experiences while they're going through it that Hmm. can easily turn you away. So that's probably my least favorite part about being in the music industry is that I don't feel as much female power as I would love to. Interesting. What are some of the um, female influences for you in your music? Yeah, so many. When I started out, it was Ingrid Michaelson and Sarah Bareilles, because I think they do an incredible balance of 
like acoustic driven yeah with like pop spins and their songwriting is so interesting like me in middle school was obsessed and then it's grown closer to more pop icons like i love lennon stella and i love julia michaels like people mm -hmm. that are true songwriters and can write a story so interesting but it still like sounds so fun yeah taking a sad concept and then turning it into something you can dance to is so interesting to me so those would be the four of like the start and then the current yeah do you have any past people from the past you know 90s 80s 70s artists that you're influenced by it's so crazy at some point i need to do a rewind i feel like mm -hmm. i've been embarrassed about this for so long i'm trying to work through it but i haven't dope like i how do i want to say this i'm so inspired by newer artists that mm. i feel more connected to and like i can see what they've done and then know how to use that like for myself that i haven't really resonated or dove into like my parents favorite music <laughs> i mean i love fleetwood mac i love stevie nicks amazing he's like a witchy goddess which is yeah. so sick um but i haven't done a deep dive which I feel like once I finally do, it's going to open so many more paths for me. It's time to do it, Aspen. I, know. I mean, it's, I'm on the clock. <laughs> you know, do you ever, maybe you hear this, maybe you don't, you know, and maybe it's, you know, I think every generation has their favorite music and, and things. And, you know, I hear from a lot of artists, you know, they like today's music, but they love yesterday's music mm. a lot. I would definitely encourage you to listen to a lot of the past. There's something different about there's the something magic. about it there's some magic it's like you know the you're talking about recording basically anywhere that's amazing that's incredibly amazing but there's something interesting about artists let's say like a stevie wonder and they recorded the whole band in a session one take everything and if they messed oh up gosh. they had to start over again every single time yeah there's magic in that there's something to i think to be learned from that I think you're completely right. I love the picture of the entire band in one room trying to separate the mics in a way that it'll still come out <laughs> sounding relatively okay and it's not just all drums. And they somehow managed to make the most incredible music yeah. in one take. Like I, It's mind-boggling now. I feel like we've yeah. lost a little bit of artistry and people are searching for that more now since everything has gone more digital. Yeah, well, and then you lose kind of the in-person collaboration feeling of being in or have a studio with somebody and talking about it back and forth. No, maybe like this, maybe a little more like that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, but then you have the convenience now of being able to record and make it sound beautiful from almost anywhere because technology is incredible. Yeah, what, pros and cons. Pros, pros and, cons, and cons, you yeah. know, it just, it just kind of depends on how you see it, but d dig into that aspect. It's amazing. It's going to make you a better artist. I'm telling you. I know. I believe you. I'm on it immediately. <laughs> I was going to ask you what your top five favorite albums are, but I don't know, man, if you're going to go back. Because like, today's people, they're like albums. What? I don't, I don't listen to albums. Listen to I singles know. and stuff. You know, I'm like, oh. it's so funny. Yeah. Whenever, like, I'll have my, my friend's parents will always ask me, they're like, oh, you play music. Who are your favorite artists? And, albums and everything and i just know they're not gonna know anybody that i'm talking about because they're all yeah. basically my age or like <laughs> slightly older like there's a ton of nashville artists that i just absolutely adore yeah um but yeah i always get like a little hesitant i'm like who can i pull out that they might actually know <laughs> um. <laughs> wait a minute let me think about this <laughs> wow so when you're making music is there like a ritual or is there some type of you know, meditators, anything you do to kind of get you ready to create? I think when I first started writing music, I thought that it had to be a very specific way. Like I thought there needed to be candles lit or it had to be daylight <laughs> or it had to be midnight or it had to yeah. be like all these specific, I needed to have five hours of interrupted time. Um, but I think songwriting is such a muscle. And if you want to be a songwriter, you kind of need to know how to do it at any moment no matter the situation if it's yeah you have to practice and i yeah. think writing in very different situations has been helpful for me um even like when i'm distracted like in the middle of a conversation with somebody and something that they say 
will resonate later, just typing that in my phone immediately to be able to get it out of my brain and work on it in a different setting. Yeah. But yeah, nothing specific necessarily has to happen. And sometimes I know exactly what I need to sit down and write. And other times it's just allowing myself the time to write one shitty song and then yeah. the next one that I write immediately after might be great. <laughs> like I tend to write several songs all at one time. So okay. once I write a first verse and I can't exactly figure out what the chorus should be, but I know that it will come to me at some point, I'll move on to the other one just yeah. so that I can huh. get other ideas out. And that's how a lot of my songs have been written, have just been leaving specific parts out that I've tried to write a few times and none of it is good enough, but I know that if I just keep creating something that the ideal will flow through into the right spot. So I think do that's you, really helpful. Do you write actually? this like the words down on paper or is it on your phone take me through that process a lot of the times on my laptop i love okay. writing on my laptop um there have been times when i've written in my notebook but most of the time that's like scribbled ideas versus actually typing things through mostly because a lot of the time I, it would just be all pen markouts yeah you know yeah like writing a line idea and not <laughs> exactly working so crossing it out yeah most of my stuff is written on my laptop at least when I'm writing down to finally create the song. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about uh, social media and mm. music. And I mean, obviously being 21, you've essentially grown up with it. Yes. Right, so you don't yeah. really know anything else related to the time before that. Like me, I'm 43, I remember not having the internet, literally. Right. Can you imagine that? I <laughs> truly <laughs> can't. Seriously. Like, I hate saying that I can't. But it, yeah, it's mind boggling to me. My parents and I talk about it all the time, like my mom getting in a car wreck and then having yeah. to what, like walk to a you gotta walk. phone? Yeah. Like you have to walk to find somebody to help you instead of just like my car breaks down and I call my dad immediately. <laughs> I know that makes me sound like 10, but also that's what I do. <laughs> so I can't even imagine. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember the first time we got a computer in my house and it was like, a it was a Tandy computer. Nobody knows what that is. And you had to actually like type in like backslash directive, like you had to oh type in God. things to actually, and then like AOL came out online and it was yeah. like <sighs> 10 minutes to load a page. And I was like, oh my, this is mind blowing. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. But how have you dealt with that social media and music, kind of the pressure to put your music out there and put it on all these channels and, and be relevant and be uh, out there using that format? Yeah. I think there's so many ways to do it, you know, and there's going to be so many courses and so many people that tell you the secrets and the hacks <laughs> and the type of content that you should be putting out and how often and at what time. And I think some rules are helpful to understand. Like it's helpful to understand how social media platforms work. Like vertical photos work a lot better than horizontal photos mm. on Instagram. That's just a nice, very simple tactic to understand. But I don't know. I really like numbers mm -hmm. and I like strategy and I like understanding statistics of what's working and what's not. Like, I think a lot of musicians hate all of the businessy numbers side of stuff. But I just find it so interesting. Mm. So understanding how to cultivate a brand on social media that also lines up with the type of music that you want to make. I've never felt like just a musician. I think that comes from not playing in a band. Like my face has always been what I'm trying to promote. Like it's, I am the music. Yeah. So yeah, I think branding is a really beautiful way to let people in and let them get to know you just past hearing the, I don't know, love song that you're singing. I think a lot of problems come when you're trying to do all social media at once and it's mm. like the only thing that's happening in your brain is like oh if i'm <laughs> at this event that i have to get a photo of myself that looks a specific way so that it can get these likes and attract whatever if it's always on your mind like that i mean you're going to be in a really toxic situation and ultimately hate yourself but i think if you sit down and treat it as a job and understand how it's helping your situation and not hate it like you have yeah. to learn how to fall in love with it at least a little bit whether it's the creative side of creating content or watching numbers and understanding how your 
statistically working through things. I like social media. I think yeah. it's cool. And it's given me a space to talk about manifestation and talk about like releasing all of my music on the moon cycles and I don't know, giving people more of a piece <laughs> of me instead of just like, this is the song that I wrote, have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you ever have to deal with negative feedback related to things, you know, your music that you put out? Has that been something that you've started to see or have been accustomed to or at some level? This will be so annoying of me to say. Like the short answer is no. I don't think I have like enough followers <laughs> for like true haters to start moving their way in. Um yeah, I don't know. I haven't had a lot of negative mm-hmm. feedback, but I think I'm also very good about blocking anything that comes in that I don't feel I right see. with. Like anything that is sitting a little bit weird, I feel like I'm pretty proactive about not allowing people in my space that could ne- negatively impact me. Yeah, Like my spaces are very sacred to me and that like my bedroom is exactly how I want it with so many plants and crystals and all of the things. And I think I bring that same mantra onto social media we're like Mm. this is a this is my page like this is not a space for you to bring negative energy into so i'm not going to allow that i understand like people with huge platforms and it's just all they see all day long it's crazy like that emotional impact is insanity and definitely therapy worthy therapy worthy (laughs) yeah it's interesting that um, you know, some people that's their everyday lived experience is right. troll, trolling. Do you think that that's one as part of having a larger following, but do you also think it's part of just kind of how you place yourself in the environment and how you present yourself to others? Like you sound very positive, you know, like mm-hmm. very like, Hey, you know, I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm joyful about what I'm doing. You know, the presentation of you seems very easygoing and likable. And it's, I feel Thanks. like it's harder. Yeah, it's harder to like really troll people when they're just, you feel the likability. Yeah, them. I think so too, which I would, yeah, I don't want to say it's exactly how you position yourself on social media because obviously all personalities are like worthy of space. You know, I have so many friends that have these really strong personalities and opinions Mm -hmm. and they're not afraid to tell it to you because they know that they're right. Um, And none of that is worthy of negative opinions online. Yeah. Like that's just obviously a basic, but I do think there's something about coming across on social media as a very easygoing and positive and optimistic person that makes it more difficult to find things to hate. Yeah. Like I'm not even really sure what I would post in order to get a nice, <laughs> like feedback. Um, there is, I've gotten a lot stronger in my opinions now versus in high school. I think mm-hmm. in high school I was such a passive person and I don't know, I didn't pay attention to the world and I didn't pay attention Mm -hmm. to how my actions affected people on such a larger scale. Mm. And then since coming to college, I'm like, oh, I have very strong opinions (laughs) and the people that are going to follow me are probably the people that believe in that kind of empowerment and believe in social change. And if those are the people that I wanna follow me, then I need to make that known. Like I need people to understand where I stand. Um, So that's been something new that I feel like I'm approaching. And I think that's where a ton of hate can come from also. Mm -hmm. People don't understand topics and then they just attack other people for having different topics. Like every space should be a space where you can learn more about somebody else, even if you don't fully believe in what they believe. Like finding empathy for people is so difficult (laughs) when you feel really passionate about what you believe in yeah Um, but it's like the only way to then connect and learn from other people so that was a long-winded tangent of different it's okay but it's totally okay (laughs) (laughs) oh no it's interesting because uh gosh i'm dating myself but i mean and when the internet really was going like seriously i got in my first email address in like 1996 beautiful and that's when i was in college that's my first year in college and I was like, what's the email? And I was like, it's crazy. But there's like chat rooms and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I don't remember there being so much vitriol back then and negativity and nastiness in those places back then. It may have been there, I just didn't notice, but 
how do you deal with like, you know, as someone in their twenties with the state of the world and how you feel it is at this point? Um, Cause I love talking to people in their twenties and how they see their twenties. Cause it can be a volatile time, man. Sometimes right. you're just trying to survive your twenties. You're not, I mean, you're not incredibly intelligent in your twenties. <laughs> like, no, definitely not. I mean, when you're my age and you're 40, you're gonna be like, I don't, I don't know so much about what I was saying. I'm not so sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. um, I'm turning 22 in this month. You're so, so old. I mean, I'm really growing up. <laughs> no. Growing up no, that's the thing, right? I'm still at the very beginning of my twenties. Um, I've only been out of the safety of college for a couple mm-hmm. weeks, but I really love it. I think your twenties are so variable and mm-hmm. to some people that is wildly intimidating. Um, I think to me, I finally feel like I can actually enter the world. Mm-hmm. Like school was fine and I'm glad that I did it because I met so many people that I do want to continue relationships with. But ultimately, I feel like I'm supposed to be in the world now. Like. Yeah. The time to just sit in the classroom is so over and I'm excited to finally have a place in society that's a little bit more valuable. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I learned so much of like my opinion shaping from my little sister actually. Oh, really? So she's 17, so she's five years younger than me. Um, and she, I think, was born an activist. Like she's wow. an Aries. She has so much fire and like mm. subtle anger and just passion <laughs> subtle under anger. Ev- subtle anger. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> but just passion that is like built into herself. And it's been really beautiful. I feel like we've grown at the same pace, but I'm just slightly delayed. Like, I feel like her growth and my growth were happening simultaneously. I just happened to be five years older. Yeah. Which. It's crazy that she has such a head start on me <laughs> right. in high school. But right. yeah, she's taught me so much about people and standing up for something that's so much bigger than yourself. I think especially creating music for me was so therapeutic on like a deep personal level. I didn't even really think about how it was reaching others. And she's taught me how everything that I do is reaching others and how to care about that. So that has been really, really cool. I'm not sure what this original question was. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't was like, man, what was I saying? It's just a stream oh, of Oh, being in your 20s, being yeah, in your oh, 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot more opportunity now. I'm more excited than I am scared of it. Yeah. I think I am like a really optimistic, positive person. I don't yeah. think um People are so different, right? I mean, I think I have so many female musician friends that have told me stories about all the negative things that have happened to them. And I'm sure that somewhere deeper, I have similar experiences, but I think there's something about my body that blocks any kind of negative feeling and just kind of tosses it out the window as if it never happened in like a, a safety blanket kind of way where I... I don't know. I feel really great about things most yeah. of the time. That's. I mean, it definitely comes across. It definitely Thanks. comes like you have a very um, likable presence. I don't know what else <laughs> to say. It. It's just like very easygoing, and you never know that when you get on with somebody because you know, kind of that first impression, the, their joy, their fear, their I don't, all that stuff. You, for me at least, I. I know that immediately, you know, mm. and I've done like 300 plus hours of interviews. Of, I like, I, as soon as I get on, the mood tells me everything. Yeah. So, man, am I going to have to like carry this conversation or am I going to be like, just listen the entire time, whole thing. Mm. And it's, it's kind of funny. So your episode's coming out the same day as another person, another okay. musician. And this person is like pretty famous musician. Um, it's from, he was in, you know, tag team, DC Glenn, the whoop, there it is guy, mm-hmm. the Geico commercial scoop. There oh it gosh. is. All right. So we were talking yesterday on my podcast. And so I'm releasing your episode in his at the same time. This is I, so funny. It's so yeah. funny. Like your journey in the beginning and his journey where he is now is so crazy. Yeah. And, um, uh, that's what I love about it. And you know, immediately his was a, it was a masterclass. He's going to school you. Yeah. Here's what I've done. Blah, blah, blah. Just listen, mm-hmm. you know, but he, I could tell immediately. He was like your fun uncle. 
that are real, real knowledgeable, you know? Yeah. And you're like a very likable best friend. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I think I'm never going to pretend to be an expert in something that I haven't been long enough to under or like on the Mm. world long enough to understand. Mm. I think it's so cool listening to people at so many different stages in their career. Like there's something inspiring about hearing how someone is navigating something when they've only done it for a few years and there's something inspiring about someone that's been in the business for 50 plus years it's cool to have like both of those impacts on yourself so i'm only part of the puzzle you know part of someone's musical journey and yeah yeah and so i have three artists in a row that i'm talking to it just kind of worked out that way honest it's not like i planned it that way and then right after is a guy is a good friend of mine, and he says we're doing this whole journey twelve albums in twelve months. He creates an album every month. How so insane is that, right? Cool. I cannot even <laughs> imagine. And they're all amazing albums. They're incredible. Like I'm like, dude, this is incredible. Every month is something like different genre every month. Like totally, whether he likes it or not, he makes it. He doesn't even have yeah. to be into it. He just makes it. I was like, this. I want to be on this journey, you know, type of thing. And so, like, when I heard your music, I was like, oh, I want to be on this journey, too. I want to, like, it moved me in a, in a poppy way type of mm-hmm. thing, you know? So it's like, do you ever see yourself making other types of music, or is this kind of your lane you're going to stay in? I would love to make other types of music. I think I want to feel really confident in what I think my sound is first. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to release a full-length album at some point. I mean, I've done two different six-song EPs, which have been great and fine and great for the time being. Like, I think yeah. they really capture the artist that I was in a moment. Um, I would love to create an album that I feel like sums up the sound that I immediately gravitate towards. But I grew up listening to country music mm. and I used to be used to be a country artist i don't know when i was 10 does that count i, mean, I used to want to make country music okay bought the cowboy boots did the whole thing and then the songs that i was writing were not country yeah. like at that point when you first starting out you're just writing the songs that come out of your mouth basically mm-hmm. and they were not country songs so it took me a little bit to figure that out and shift gears but i think i understand country music a lot better now and i think that would be a really sick way to go. I'm also so gravitated towards R&B music. Really? And I don't necessarily have like the big soulful voice for it, but I think there could be a really cool way of mixing like jazz and R&B and just creating these really smooth, beautiful, sexy songs. So somewhere down the road, that's for sure a project also. I will buy that album. I promise (laughs) you. I'm going to buy any of your stuff. Honestly, it's that good. I I know... I'm a very picky music person, like real picky. And uh, I could, based off what I've heard, I think you'd be good at it. Thank I think you. I think you would really, I think, because the sound, the production, I could hear your voice in an R&B thing. I was like, wow, this, that's a great idea. Yeah, I encourage being you like to the, do that. Thank you. Being like the chorus for any kind of rap song, I think would yeah. be fantastic. I think I'm very open to whatever happens. Yeah. And that's kind of been my mantra since graduating college is I want to have things in place to keep me busy and to make me feel like I'm on a certain track. But at the same time, I want to keep enough space open to that if opportunities arise, I can immediately take them. Yeah. Man, that's such a great attitude to have. Seriously, I encourage you to do all that stuff. I think you're made for it. Completely. Thank you. And I'll we both have, have different hair out. color, you know. I know. Do that. I got to get you out to a live show so that I can really sell you on everything. Yeah. And so, are you still in Georgia, right? Is that where you're at? I am right now. Yeah. We're on the opposite side of the country. I'm in you know Washington State, but that's okay. I love Washington State. I'm going to be in Portland very soon. I'm I'm all over the place. I so want to be at a we'll show. See. I definitely okay. want to be at a show. Like, I'm going to keep I, you updated. Yes, definitely. I think um, this has been a lot of fun. This has like, been wonderful. Right? Yeah, it's fun. It should be fun. <laughs> yeah, podcasts are great. I think it's especially when they're just a conversation yeah. and someone's just prepared to chat for a little while. Yeah, yeah it's always yeah. a great fun time. Who cares who listens to it? It's just fun. You know, it's an education for me. Like I'm speaking to all these people all the time. I'm learning about people from all over the world and just it's just crazy stuff. 
and you're meeting one person, you're actually meeting a lot of other people mm. in the process and you're connecting people together and uh, definitely stay on after we click off here. I got a few things I got to tell you about. Okay, um, perfect. It's, yeah, you know, it'd be good for you. As soon as this is over, I'm just going to dive into some 70s music. You that should. That inspired me from this conversation. My favorite band of all time, well, favorite album is Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd, mm. hands down. Okay. And OK Computer by Radiohead. Okay. Those wow. are the first two. Done. I'm telling you, especially OK Computer, man, big pioneers in kind of indie emo pop. Like, yep. Crazy album. Crazy. So really cool. So, uh, Aspen Ananda, you're amazing. Pretty awesome. Tell everybody where they could find you, the whole spiel, social media, website. Let's do it. Yeah, everything should be Aspen Ananda. So, Spotify and Apple Music. It's A S P E N, like Colorado, A N O N D A. And that'll be Instagram, Facebook, the website, all of the things. Yeah. Fantastic. Aspen, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Ah, thanks for having me. You got it. I'm starting to realize Maybe when I forever Shouldn't be together I'm starting to realize I don't think we're compatible At least not practical I wanna be a of Dr. D's social network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's show on Apple Podcasts in the rate and review section. Thanks, everyone.